Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Okay, welcome to the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Paul Kemp. And uh, today I've got a great guest on, on the line. We've only got 30 minutes, so it's my mistake with the timing. So, so I'm going to go straight into the recording and the episode. Uh, Nathan has been so kind to join us uh, this evening. Nathan is really an expert when it comes to uh, web apps, teaching, and uh, selling digital products. So I'm really thrilled you could join us on the App Guy podcast, Nathan. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Yeah, no, it's just wonderful. Thanks for joining us. And, you know, we, we know that we're, we're on the back of your uh, episode on Entrepreneur on Fire, which I think was uh, yesterday as we were recording this. And I listened to that. I was so inspired and I was just thrilled that it was coincidence that you decided to also join us on the App Guy podcast. So I'm thrilled about that. Um, let's start off by just perhaps giving people an, an introduction. Um, I, I would recommend anyone um, who wants perhaps a fuller story of you go and listen to that Entrepreneurial Fire episode and, and find you on that podcast. But perhaps just for, for the purpose of my audience, um, if we could talk a little bit about um, you know yourself and what it is you do. Yeah, so I'm a web designer, uh, I guess by trade originally. I did freelancing for a few years, led the design team at a startup for a couple of years, and then gradually tried to get into selling products. And my first successful products were iPhone apps, and I built those on the side, you know, while I had a full-time job. And, uh, you know, then from there I got into teaching. So the first book that I wrote was called The App Design Handbook, and it taught or it teaches how to design iPhone and iPad applications. And you know, from a visual user interface perspective. So uh, it doesn't cover coding at all, but all about how to design a great experience. And, you know, from there, I just got into much more teaching. I wrote a book on designing web applications, wrote a marketing book called Authority. I have a, a email marketing company called ConvertKit. And I just came out with a Photoshop course. Um, so... Wow. All, all kinds of stuff. You've got it all going yeah. on. <laughs> so the last two years have been have been a fun ride, but you know I blog about all of it at nathanberry.com. Yeah, and I would put all of these things in the show notes as well, but certainly encourage everyone to go across now and, and look at nathanberry.com to get a good, good full story of your the things that you're up to. But what I'm also interested in is that you are working from home. You're a family man. You've got a son, I believe. Tell us a little bit about that side of your life. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in my home office right now. Uh, my family's not home there. They are out at the pool right now, or at the, the local pool, um, going for a swim. And uh, yeah, so I've been married for five years now, and I have a, t- a two-year-old son, and then have another baby that will be born in two months from now. So uh, that's fun, and basically... You know, I just try to fit work in when I can. Uh, like this morning, you know, I got up probably two hours before my family got up so I could get 
get plenty of work done uh, before the day started with them. And uh, it's a good life. I get to travel with them, spend a lot of time at home, go to the park in the middle of the afternoon. I enjoy it. It's just great. I mean, there are so many app developers listening to this that are getting inspired right now because I was one of those people that I took a conscious decision to leave my career behind in the city of London and pursue this uh, online uh, dream. And for me, um, it's become more apparent that it's just it's a, an absolute joy to be around my kids. I've got twin boys. Uh, we've come over for, to spend five months here in Dubai and have, have a great lifestyle. Uh, so today I, I was out um, uh, with my kids at um, a, a water park and uh, having a load of fun. Nice. And uh, it, uh, I would just encourage anyone listening to kind of listen to your story and realize that, you know, to be around, if you've, if you've got family, kids, it, it, it can be a lifestyle that's just, it goes beyond uh, what money can provide. People always focus on, on making more money so that they can be, I guess, rich monetarily. Uh, but there's more to be said for being rich when it comes to your time and ha- having flexibility. And so that's where I, w- I would focus. I mean, you need both. You need to be able to, to yeah. earn money. Uh, but I, I think flexible time is even more important. So let's talk about earning money then, because that's going to be obviously people coming to my podcast to listen to it. Uh, one of the things they like to do is make money with their uh, native apps and their web apps. Now, you have um, a mm-hmm. great insight into building uh, web apps, building native apps. What's your view on which is the better road to go down in terms of the, the uh, experience of the, you know, for the user? Is it better to concentrate on web apps or native apps? It's much better to concentrate on native applications, in my opinion. Uh, you'll get a far better experience for your users. Um, I have yet to see a single web application that I've used on on my phone that that feels right. You know, on iOS, UIKit has has a very specific feel. All the the gestures, the scrolling, the interactions—they all work a certain way. And when that's when someone tries to recreate that with HTML and CSS and JavaScript, it's just it's not as good. And there's a, a a ton of tiny little things that just function differently, and it makes for not nearly as good of an experience. And so, um, you know, if a quality experience isn't the most important thing to you, then you can consider um, building uh, mobile apps with web technologies. But otherwise, I would say native is the way to go. And I'm so thrilled you said that because uh, it's a focus that I've had in my own um, app development career. And you know, from my own experience, you're right. You know, just using native apps is it seems to be uh, so much better than uh, web apps. Although web apps are you know catching up a lot, I, I don't think they have the interaction that native apps provide uh, us. So that's. Get interesting, and you know what phone do you carry? I finally upgraded uh, two days ago to an iPhone 5s, um, but I had the iPhone 4s up until up until last week. Yeah, I loved the iPhone 4s. I thought it was great. Um, it seems like every S is a big jump, bigger than you know than the, <laughs> the number. How's it working out for you, the 5s? Uh, it's good. I I really like it. It's noticeably faster. I was surprised at how much lighter it is actually than the 4s. I didn't didn't realize that. You know, I I tend to not upgrade my devices that frequently, so 
you know, the 5S has been out for what, a year and a half and I finally got it. Um, but really it was just that the battery life um, was getting pretty bad on my 4S. And since I do quite a bit of traveling, it, you know, you'd never want your battery to go out. So when you're like relying on GPS or something like that to get where you need to go. So I, I, I finally broke down and, and bought a new phone. Um, the only downside is one thing I do with my, I guess my old phone had two benefits. One is I have the uh, life proof case for it. So it works underwater. So whenever like, I go snorkeling or something like that, then I have an underwater camera, which I love. Um, and then also my 4S is unlocked. So when I travel internationally, you know, I can just buy SIM cards, which is a big deal in the U.S. Normally phones are not unlocked in the U.S. You have to pay a bunch extra or something like that. So Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I get that when I'm here in Dubai. There's no way I'm using my SIM card back in the U.K. Because right. it's, it's like $1 per megabyte. And, uh, so, yeah, I use an unlocked phone and uh, use a SIM card. And, you know, this seems bizarre that we live in a globalized world and we, we have to carry around several SIMs and different phones and unlocked phones. And, um, but anyway, that's oh, yeah. the way it is. Yeah, at this point, I'm going to keep both phones because the next international trip I go on, I'm going to switch back to the old phone because it's, it's unlocked. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what What are your favorite apps? I mean, this is the App Guy podcast. We like to talk about apps. What are the, the favorite apps that Nathan Barry uses? Um, let's see. That's actually a fairly boring list. Um, you know, I use Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. I use the default mail application. That's kind of boring. Um, the app I use the most is one called Commit that I made, and it's for right. building and tracking habits. So if you want to get good at something, you should do it every day. So basically with commit, you put in a, a reminder, you know, say I will blank uh, every day and remind me at a certain time. So for me, I write a thousand words a day. So at 4 p.m. every day, if I haven't yet checked off my commitment, it will pop up and say, where are you going to write 1,000 words today? And then it'll also tell me how many days in a row I've written. And this is really important to me. So I have... 574 days in a row of writing a thousand words a day. And so you can guarantee that tomorrow I'm going to write a thousand words because there's no way I'm breaking that chain. That's uh, great. This is your own app, Commit. It's, uh, let's talk about that story. Um, you know, you coming up with the idea, going through the app Commit. You know, let's take, take us through that journey because I think there's app developers listening who would love to be uh, in a position to use their own app like every day as much as you're, you're doing with Commit. Yeah, so I, I read an article a few years ago on Lifehacker, and it was titled something like Jerry Seinfeld's Productivity Secret, which Jerry Seinfeld has since himself said, I have no idea where this came from. I don't do that. I never have. But it was a catchy title in the article. And basically the idea was get a big calendar, and when you want to get good at something, you uh, say you're going to – you know, I don't know, write jokes or, or practice guitar or whatever it is every day. And then every day that you do it, you check, you cross off a day. And as these days add up, you get a chain going. And then part of the motivation becomes to not break that chain. So I read that article. I really liked the idea, but I thought, wouldn't it be so much cooler if you had this on an iPhone app that would pop up and remind you if you haven't done it by a certain, a certain time. 
And it would also keep track of it on your phone. And I had one app in the, one or two apps in the app store at this time. And I was just gradually getting better at designing and programming my own iPhone apps. And so I was always looking for a new challenge of something that I could build that, uh, that would push my, you know, limited coding ability. Um, and yet I could finish it myself or with limited help. And so commit was a nice, simple app, um, to build and I put it up on the store for at the time 99 cents. I now charge $2.99 for it. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a really fun journey. I redesigned it uh, like four months ago for iOS 7. And um, so I'm really happy with, uh, with how it looks. And I actually just um, I like it on the five on the you know the four inch screen for the iPhone five and five S. I hadn't seen that until a couple of days ago, or I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it in person. Uh, I'd seen it in screenshots, but I pulled it up for the first time. I was like, "Dang, this app looks good." <laughs> That's so, a great feeling when you get your own app and you see it for the first time on a new phone. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. Yes, it's a bit of a relief. Um, I was listening on your episode of on the entrepreneur on fire um, again people should go back and listen to that they're going to get a lot of insights uh, about your story in terms of the launch sequence that you you talked about is there any way you could talk us through as app developers a launch sequence uh, that would fit our world and and how we can really you know leverage your expertise on that yeah so let's see first i would say get as many people on an email list as possible. The thing that's so hard about the app world and the reason that I don't pursue it as much as I used to is it's really hard to, to get your customers' contact information. So it's hard to build a relationship with them. You know, you have to build something into your app where they fill out an email address or they create an account or something like that. So I'd say it's really, really important that you find a way to do that, to get their contact information. Um, but then before the launch, you know, put up a landing page that has a screenshot of the app, um, an email opt-in form, and a couple of sentences, and and really try to build up that email list beforehand. Um, there's a bunch of app review sites you can submit it to. Uh, go try to find where that audience hangs out online, the audience of people whose problem you're trying to solve with an app, um, and and target them if they're you know if you're if your app is a time tracking app, then you know freelancers want to know about that, and so you can see where freelancers hang out. You can write guest posts um, on those sort of sites. You can write your own blog posts about like things related to that. You know, so freelancers would care about how to track their time better. Uh, they might care about how to increase their rates and be able to charge more. Um, so there's all, all kinds of things related to that that you can teach that will tangentially uh, promote your app. And so I would try to do that and then try to get everybody on an email list because um, it's the best way for you to be able to push out content to your subscribers. Way better than just pushing for an app download. Yeah, because I, I got into this game learning about the need for building a list, uh, an email list. And one of the, the things I was thinking about in the app world is we now have the ability to use push notification, uh, which you know gets the attention of the user pretty quickly. I mean, there are some guidelines about what we're allowed to actually push um, through a- Apple apps. Uh, but I, I wondered if there was a way that we 
need to build up this audience through the use of push notification. Have you seen anyone doing anything interesting with push notifications? Uh, not marketing wise, really. Um, I have a hard time with using push notifications for marketing content because it just feels weird. Like I'm more used to getting marketing emails than marketing push notifications. And I'm, I'm pretty quick to kill an app's push notification um, uh, privileges, I would say, if they do something that I don't like. And so you wouldn't want to use push notifications for marketing if push notifications are also a core part of your app. So for example, if someone turned off push notifications for commit because I'd sent them a marketing or promotional message, that would be bad because they just turned off some core functionality for the app itself. And so I guess I haven't, there's got to be plenty of people doing interesting things with push notifications uh, marketing-wise, but uh, I just, I prefer email. The other thing that I heard you speak about uh, is uh, teaching is the new marketing. And that was really interesting to me. And perhaps you can talk us through yeah. a little bit of, of that because we all here listening to this podcast, we have different talents, but they're pretty much all related to the app world. And it, we, we know a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just wondered if we could learn from you uh, how we can best use mm -hmm. our knowledge to you know, help us market ourselves and our uh, products. Yeah. So for a long time, I created a bunch of products that didn't make any money. You know, I have a whole series of like a WordPress theme company and, um, a, you know, a little hosting company and a bunch of stuff. Didn't make any money and I couldn't figure out how without advertising to actually make money. And so um, it wasn't until I finally learned that if you teach people, they'll pay attention. They'll listen and they'll keep coming back. And so, and that's what all these bloggers I've been following have been doing forever it just took me a long time to set in that I could do that too. So I started teaching people on my blog for free how to design iPhone apps. And they started following me for that. And I said, I'm working on a book on this topic. Um, and people opted in for that and then they were happy to buy it. But in order to get that, that first bit of attention, I had to teach and give away information for free. Um, and so just what I found over the last year and a half or two years of doing this is that you know, through teaching, people will start to pay attention. You can hold their attention far better than you can with advertising. And, um, you know, you can eventually sell products to them. So I sold a few hundred thousand dollars worth of ebooks and courses just to people who have come to my blog because, because I teach and I'm sharing useful information. It's just so interesting to hear you talk about teaching because, I mean, my mindset um, probably about a year or two ago was that teachers never make any money. <laughs> they're, the, they're the clever guys <laughs> and they're the, they're the ones that go off and, and teach but, you know, have pretty poor salaries compared to, like, their, their knowledge. And, uh, yeah, there is absolutely wisdom in what you're saying here about the fact that... Um, the more you teach someone, the more that actually they just want you to do it and so that they will buy your products, they'll see you as a, an authority in the space. What methods do you use then to uh, teach? Uh, tell us about your, your products and, and yeah, your, your delivery mechanisms for teaching the world about what, what it is you, you do. Yeah, so as far as what I teach, I I teach what's interesting to me and what gets me 
um, basically what, what some things that I've learned recently and and that I find interesting enough to talk about. And so for for me, that's design and marketing. Um, and then I I put them on a blog post and I promote that blog post on Hacker News, Reddit, uh, different design communities on Twitter. Um, and then people read the, read the blog post, and at the end of it, if they like it, I say, hey, if you enjoyed this post, hop on my email newsletter, and um, that way I don't get people who just come read a single post and never come back. The people who like it sign up for the email list, and then I send out my blog posts to that email list. Um, and then you know, that's how you end up with, over time, of a list of like now I've got a list of I think about 15,000 email subscribers who read my blog roughly each week when it comes out. Um, and for the, so for the blog, I use WordPress. And for uh, email, I use ConvertKit, which is my own company. Well, I'll put uh, links to those in uh, the show notes. People can go to onemob.com and then you look for the uh, link to the podcast and where Nathan is and then you'll see all the, these links to things that we're mentioning. You know, I wish I'd learned this earlier when I quit my job and started uh, trying to make some money in the mm-hmm. online world because uh, it's one of the reasons why I actually set this podcast up and this podcast has gone from like zero to now 10,000 downloads per, per month and growing. And you're right that you get a, um, mm-hmm. I guess a tribe that, that follows you. And so do you end up doing everything yourself or do you do you have, um, like for instance, you know, I, I actually... Um, primarily focus this podcast on interviewing people like yourself. Do you do something similar with the thing, the things that you're doing? Um, I, I definitely interview people for my, uh, for my books and other products. And then I do a show occasionally called Nathan Berry live where, you know, I, I bring on somebody to talk about, like we did one with my friend Caleb recently where we talked about shooting video and then did one on email marketing with a couple other friends. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do quite a few interviews, but I don't yet have a podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so, at some point, I might. I mean, uh, the, the the audience for podcasts uh, are definitely growing. Uh, you know, if I, if mm-hmm. someone as useless as me gets ten thousand downloads per month, then I mean, <laughs> it's got to be a, a big audience out there. Yeah, I've heard heard great things about podcasts. Yeah, so. yeah it's really um, I, I, you know people are digesting information through audio and. Uh, the fact that the iPhones make it a lot easier now for us to actually get podcasts, they automatically download. Mm-hmm. You're talking to an audience of app developers. Is there anything you feel that we'd really find useful in terms of things that we could be doing to make us more successful? I would say try to build an audience outside of your apps uh, because Apple doesn't let you know uh, who's buying your apps and that kind of thing. Figure out a way that you can get uh, that you can get in touch with your audience and that they can know who you are and all of that beyond just your apps. So start teaching, start building an email list. Um, you know, maybe add email opt-ins or something inside your apps so you can know who's actually using it um, and provide more value than just just the app. And then that way, if something ever goes wrong with the app store, you decide to move to other platforms, move on to something else, you have that ability. You're not just trapped. Um, trapped on the app store and uh because uh, you know it's really really hard to make a living on the app store yes <laughs> i could vouch with that <laughs> <laughs> it, it it just is i mean i've had i've got like commit has had thousands of downloads 
over the last couple of years, it still only made me, I don't know, ten, twelve thousand dollars total. And it's really hard to build a business on sales of a couple dollars at a time. So figure out a way that you can charge more, that you can charge more than free, more than 99 cents or something like that, that you can have fewer customers and uh, more revenue. So I would just say work towards building an audience. And, you know, the, the other thing which I, I just have to pick up on is that you mentioned these numbers, 15,000 on your list, and yet you've sold so many books. I mean, you mentioned $100,000, $200,000 worth of digital products. On, on a reasonably, mm-hmm. I guess I would th- you know, say that that conversion rate must be phenomenal. It's through the roof. And how can you build such engagement with your audience? Teach them useful things. If you, if you teach people things and they go apply it and go, hey, that product launch sequence that you talked about in your free email list, that really worked then you can be pretty sure they're going to buy stuff from you because if they associate, hey, if I spend money with Nathan, I get a return on my investment, they're going to be pretty happy to spend more money. So keep teaching things, provide tons of value, at least 10 times the value that people are spending with you, and uh, things will go great. Just just keep teaching. Do you have any metrics in terms of like you send out so many emails and at least 90% of them have to be something that's not related to a sale of a product, but something that they're going to learn? Do you, is there any metrics you can share with us in regards to that? I don't have any any hard lines there, but it might be roughly 70-30, where 70% is educational and 30% is sales-related in some way. So how can people reach out to you, Nathan? You've mentioned yeah. your blog. Is that the best way of getting in touch with you, nathanbarry.com? Yep, there is, and there's a contact form on on that blog and uh, yeah that's where all my writing is and you can access my email list there um, and if you care about and you're on Twitter as well that's right isn't it you're yeah Twitter um, I'll put your yeah just uh, at, at Nathan Barry on Twitter and Barry is spelled B-A-R-R-Y um, not with an E with an A so Nathan i just thankful I know that I wanted to keep this um in time so that we don't run over and you've got another commitment but I mean just from me and my audience we really do appreciate you coming on and and sharing I mean the fact is I'm looking through the things that you've mentioned already that these are golden nuggets for us that um, uh, I mean the thing I'm going to go out and buy tomorrow probably is the life proof cover (laughs) for the iPhone yeah I really Uh, like it yeah Um, we're going to download the commit app and that's um uh, I love those habit-forming apps, and uh, definitely something that we'll, uh, I'm going to be downloading. And then, just I'm going to make a habit to read your blog every day, and uh, I think there's going to be a load of education on there and things that we can learn from as as app developers. And uh, is there any parting guidance you'd like to leave us with before we say goodbye? Um, I, I think I just need to reiterate that teaching everything you know is, or teaching being the best form of marketing, is the lesson that. I wish I'd learned years ago. So actually take it to heart today and start acting on it. Wonderful, Nathan. Well, listen, thanks very much for joining the App Guy podcast. We're so thrilled. And, you know, if you do have another half an hour spare in the next six months to 12 months, we would love to have you back on the show. <laughs> but I would encourage everybody to go now to yeah. nathanbarry.com. And thanks very much for spending a 
your time with us tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays. 